Okay, welcome back to my audio journal of my journey through 100 days of code. I'm on to day nine, I've just completed day nine. It's now 20 past 10 at night. Now, I know on the previous podcast, uh, day eight, I said <laughs> I said I wouldn't be doing it this late, but I've had a, I've had a very productive day today, actually. <coughs> I've done quite a lot of other stuff in addition to the coding extra peripheral stuff that might help me in my journey. So I'm just going to talk about that first. So what is it that I've done? So the first thing I did, I made a a coding pre-flight checklist, if you will. So pilots go through a big checklist through the systems of things they must do before they set off flying. And I have read about this concept in several other places called the pre-flight checklist. I thought I'd do something similar uh, to get a routine to get me into the coding. So it's sort of things you need to do before you're actually sitting down and start coding. Things will kind of get your head in a space where you can flow more easily and you can learn more easily and you can (coughs) start to take things easy. So this is my my pre-flight checklist. My voice is going on. (coughs) Last bit of water, that's hopefully I'm all right. So this is a physical thing. And then point one, the checklist, the first thing I'm going to do uh, in the morning is to stretch out your back, stretch out your neck, do any kind of exercises that loosen up your neck, uh, loosen up your back. So I, I do suffer from quite a stiff neck, quite a stiff back. So it's good to get these kind of loosed up, get yourself warmed up. It's like any athlete. I <laughs> people coding are athletes, but get yourself warmed up, get your hands warm, get your neck warm. Look it up on the internet, anything that will work for you. But I've got a TheraBand over my door. And I do these like rows. It sort of stretches my shoulder and neck muscles. and It's quite good. And another thing I do, I sometimes get sore hands when I'm starting coding. And I find that soaking my hands in hot water in the sink really helps. So I'm, I'm doing my exercises, stretches, and then I'll go and fill the, the sink with hot water. And just soak my hands for a couple of minutes. That gets them nice and warm as well. So when I've done that, I'm going to make myself a very nice hot coffee, a very strong one. Let's bring that to the desk. Number three, I've got a magic mouse, an Apple magic mouse. I don't know if anyone else suffers from this problem. So if you turn it on the underside and it's got these two um, guides, I don't know what you... Are they called guides? It's like two sort of vertical bars that make contact with the desk. And that's how you move the mouse around. Now I find it, it's really annoying. It kind of scrapes, and it's like it, it's like it's, it's like it's got bits of grit in or sand, and it doesn't smoke. It doesn't flow smoothly across my desk. It's been really doing my head in. I clean it. I clean it. I clean it, and it, it just really annoys me. You can like it's a very ever so subtle scratch, but it really pisses me off. So I've been thinking of ways how to fix this I've been cleaning it it's not really been doing anything and I came up with a genius idea to lubricate it so I've got some Vaseline downstairs so I brought that up and I've rubbed a tiny bit of Vaseline onto each one of these um, what can you describe them as these runners like made of very thick rubber 
So I've rubbed uh, a bit of Vaseline onto the bottom of each one and it's worked a treat. It glides across the desk with ease now. So just a bit of lubrication that really, really helps. So top tip anyone, yeah. If you're coming across these problems, lube it up. That's the nun said to the vicar. <laughs> right, 4.4 on my pre-flight checklist is <clears throat> I will open Chrome browser with these tabs and these tabs only. Um, the Udemy course I'm learning and my cheat sheet that I've got. But I've done a shortcuts cheat sheet where if you've got any sort of keyboard shortcuts that you use daily or new ones you come about, I'll log them all on this spreadsheet. And it, it does come in handy. Just for example, um, if you want to comment, comment out several lines of code at once in your JS file, you highlight the lot and you go Command C, K and C, and that'll comment out the entire lot. So it's various things like that uh, for various apps. So I'm growing that as I go. So I'm gonna, every time I get one, I'll log it in there. So I'm actually going to make an app out of this once, I'm, uh, once I've done with this course. So yeah, well, a nice little project to do. I'll share that with you actually on my um, on my log in my journal. Step five: I've installed a Chrome extension called Block and Focus because it is hard to focus when you've got all these distractions. You've got Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, and all that crap. It's quite easy just to get out of your flow and just check Twitter and what have you. So I've installed this. Did I talk about this yesterday? I think I did. It's made it to my list anyway, so block and focus, that goes on. Another thing I've found that distracts me is with your bookmark bar in Chrome, you've got all your bookmarks and you've got all your, your exciting things like your Gmail, music, your calendar, whatever anyway. And I find that's a distraction. I find myself looking at them going, ooh, what's, you know, what's going on on Twitter? Oh, I might just check my email. So I found a keyboard shortcut to hide them. It's Command, Shift, and B. Which is quite handy. It just hides it, so it gets it away from your view. Um, so yeah, that's another top tip. So that's gone on my checklist. Seven. There's 10 steps in my checklist. Number seven. I'm opening up Firefox. Obviously, a separate browser with these tabs open. My Twitter, which is at John Asp. That's my front-end dev Twitter. I've got two. I've got... Um, Another one called Seaside's Pod. That's kind of my football one. So um, I want to. F I've had a, a Twitter handle called John Asp for ages. That I've never really used. So I'm using that purely for my front end dev, my hundred days of coding. So I want that open. Um, I want my sandbox dev page open, which is where I'm working off. So whenever I'm typing my code, I want to see the opening um, in a separate browser. And I've also got my Pomerodo tabs in there as well. So those three tabs, my Pomerodo timer, which um, I think I mentioned again yesterday. When I'm starting a, a session, I want, I'm doing it for 25 minutes. So I've got that, the visibility of that as well. And in, in the tab, you can see it counting down. So you've got some visibility. So that's number eight. Number nine, I'll open my Sonos app. I've got a Sonos uh, speaker in my room. And I'll play some John Digweed from Mixcloud great tracks on there. I always have that playing very low in the background. It's kind of, it's not trance, it's like progressive house and it's it's, it's got a nice um, a nice background track just playing. It doesn't distract you and it just sort of, um, I don't know, the, the beat of it kind of just chills me out and it keeps me working. So that's the ninth thing I'll do. And finally, point 10, 
I will start my Pomerodo timer and I'll hit go. So that's my pre-flight checklist. So now I've got that in the bag. I will do these steps methodically every time I'm about to start coding. And I highly recommend other people try it. So I might modify this uh, and tweak it as I go. It'd be quite interesting if everyone's listening to this. If they make your own pre-flight checklist and maybe share it with me. If you go on to uh, the address, I think the, the, on Anchor, the kind of the web page, homepage on Anchor for this, you can actually send messages to me. So if you go on there and you send a message, it would be pretty cool if someone, if anyone's listening to this. So, a bit of an aside there. Let's move on to what I've actually done today on day nine. Day nine I focused on Domula. DOM manipulation, querying the DOM. Oh, actually, just quick before I start, there was one other thing I did. I've been writing a journal now in a Google Doc. So I'm going to use this journal to journal everything I've done and things I want to learn again. I find just find it easier work typing in this than the uh, GitHub log. So the log, the log file that comes in the um, 100 Days of Code repo. Not the can work in Markdown, I just find it a bit irritating. It's just an additional thing that you've got to work with, and I'd just rather type it. So I'm going to start doing it in my uh, Google Doc journal, so I've set one up. So I've logged what I've done, so I've got three things in my journal. I've got day nine, what I did, things I want to relearn, and a quote of the day, which I'll come to. So very quickly, what did I do? Um, DOM manipulation. Query in the DOM uh, query selector, the query selector method figured quite heavily in what I was doing. Um, it's quite interesting to find out the various ways you can query the DOM. Um, one thing I did, I would say I was going to uh, learn, or a phrase I was going to use yesterday was when you do a query selector on an element and you assign it to a variable. What did I call it? I called it something stupid. So I'd learn terminology of capturing an element to a variable using query select. That's what I said. So I rewatched the video and it's known as when you do a query selector on say like, I don't know, a P tag with a class of error. So when you do that, it's known as capturing a reference to an element or a node in a variable, so it's called capturing a reference, and I was calling it. What was I calling it? Learn to capture an element to a variable. It's called getting a reference to an element or a node. That's it. So you, you're just getting a reference to an element on the screen, and you you're assigning that reference, or you're saving that reference into a variable. So that's kind of the best way I can explain it. It's my at least I understand it now anyway, which was the main goal. So I've learned how to capture a unique reference to an element using the Chrome DevTools. What's that? Oh yeah. I made a GIF of this and I put it on my Twitter page. So when you're using query selector, say you've got I don't know, eight list items within a UL, how do you tell? the query selector method to capture, say, the, the fifth LI. So 
you need to capture a unique reference to it to capture it to capture the reference to it and I found out that via my course that if you go into Chrome DevTools let's try and do it now this actually works in Firefox as well so if you go into DevTools command option I if you go into inspector so if you inspect the LI so say say you've got eight LIs I've got the fourth one down so I want to capture a reference to that store in a variable but how do you say capture the fourth li with the parent of ul with the parent id of players now you can do this in css with nth types with nth selectors or nth child or something like that but it's really hard to remember so what you can do you go into inspector and you right click the element that you want to capture a reference to right click and you go copy this is the Firefox dev tools and then I think it's pretty similar in Chrome it's called C you go copy right click copy CSS selector then that copies like a unique reference to the li which you can then use in the query selector method to get a reference to the element and put it in a variable so for example on my web page I've got a UL with an ID of players and I've got eight eight allies in it each ally represents a player and then the fourth one I've got a guy called Keith Southern anyway so what it's done in the clipboard now I've got the following hashtag players greater than li colon nth dash child brackets for close brackets so that provides you with a very accurate way to that's it's like a CSS selector where you can capture a reference to a very specific node or element and you can also use this exact code in query selector which is really handy didn't know you could do that all these years have been working in web dev so i found that out um, i've also learned how you can cycle through a node list array with a for each method use this to log the entire contents of ul and um, also when accessing properties of an element you don't use parentheses like you do when calling a method yeah that's it so so if you've got an object, if you want to display the properties of it, you just type in the property name. So using dot notation, you just type, say, I don't know, players dot uh, whatever the property is, I don't know, position. And that's it, and you'll capture the property name then. Whereas if you call in a method on an object, you put parentheses. So that was another sort of takeaway. Um, I have been writing arrow functions and using callback functions again but it's not 100% in my mind now what these are kind of get it so I'm going to re relearn that again so I'm going to re-watch the videos I'm going to type it out again just to sort of solidify that knowledge um, so that's me for day 9 I'm on to lesson 48 of Yes, the Jesus 170 <laughs> a fair old way to go 
But as Bojo has said in the uh, news conference today, the UK is now ever so slightly easing the lockdown, but I don't think industry is going to be back on its feet anytime soon, so we're continuing to go through this anyway. Finally, I'm going to start doing a quote of the day to sign off. So yeah, thanks for listening. And, um, I'll speak to you tomorrow and I'll leave you this quote of the day. This comes from Albert Einstein. He was a bit of a smart guy, wasn't he? Albert said, If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. I think that's very apt for me. <laughs> I'm trying to explain stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's helped me that anyway. Right, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Adios. Adios.